Teresa Lewis, who had actually did come and talk to us about three or four years ago, uh, is now back with us. She's our keynote speaker and uh, she is receiving her PhD. She's very close to receiving it in sustainable healthcare and she brings real insight to her topic, which is dispelling the enigma surrounding environmentally sustainable activities, primarily in nursing practice. Um, Teresa, uh, the supervisor, decided that Teresa should focus on nursing. And so while she's interested in midwifery as well, that is what she had to do. So um, the other thing about Teresa is that she is a registered nurse with a postgraduate diploma in midwifery and a master's degree in environmental change management. That would be useful. She has just completed a PhD on becoming a climate-friendly hospital, implications for nursing practice within the Australian context. Teresa works as an academic casual at the University of the Sunshine Coast and also at CQ University. So let's welcome Teresa. Let's give her a clap. Thanks, Teresa. Thank you. Okay, good morning, everybody. And... Um Thank you, Janet, and to the New South Wales Nurses and Midwives Association for inviting me here today to give you an insight of um, my PhD of six years. <laughs> today, um, the presentation is going to be divided into two parts. The first part is basically going to be um, informing you about the scoping of the hospitals that I did and also of the um, inclusion criteria for both hospitals and of the um, participants themselves. And um, part two then will aim to demystify why we as nurses are having issues that surround the understanding of the significance of incorporating um, sustainability into our nursing practice. About the research then, this was a qualitative study which meant that the participants could reflect upon their experiences of actually working in a climate-friendly hospital that had an agenda of mitigating its carbon footprint. The rationale surrounding this study was that since the emergence of climate-friendly hospitals worldwide, environmentally sustainable activities are now becoming more prevalent within our nursing practice. And so when I looked into that, no one had actually done an in-depth study of what it was like to actually work in one of these organizations um, coming from a nurse's point of view. So the, nurse, uh, the motivation then for the lovely batteries. <laughs> Thank you, Matt. So the motivation then, the incentive for the study um, stemmed from my role as being an environmental, um, as being a registered nurse and a registered midwife working in intensive care units across adults, children, and neonates. And as time went on, I noticed that there was an increase in adults and children being admitted at the time with respiratory illnesses. So that made me reflect upon a 2011 journal article that I read by Sheffield and Landrigan, and it was all about global climate change at the time and um, the effects on children. 
Um, boy, wasn't I blown away to hear that um, there was greater than 150,000 deaths in the year 2000 alone that were attributable to global climate change, and that 88% of those affected were actually children. So then I became focused on environmental changes within hospitals and turned my attention to Florence Nightingale. Why wouldn't I? She's a great girl. <laughs> and how she incorporated her understanding of how the environment affected patient care and how environmental considerations such as clean air and water actually became an integral component of her nursing practice as well. So my aim then was to use a criteria that would identify Australian healthcare services that were adopting um, mitigating uh, actions against negative environmental practices and to actually understand uh, the implications of these strategies on nursing practice. So two, um, oh, you're still on that one. Sorry. So two questions then um, guided the study. The first question was, to what extent had Australian hospitals become fr climate friendly within Australia? And to do that, I conducted a comprehensive audit. The second question that drove the research was to um, what did it mean for a registered nurse to actually work in a climate-friendly hospital? And to do that, being a qualitative study, I used some in-depth semi-structured questions. And as time went on, I could see that our hospitals had this environmental paradox happening, whereby you've got the physical environment of our hospital that um, is both harmful and healing. So when we're looking at the, the macro level of the physical environment, it heals by providing us with technologies on a micro level that will actually provide us with a diagnosis for our patients. But actually, on a macro level, then, we can see that the physical environment can also harm. And basically, that's because on a micro level, um, we threaten the health of our environment by using such technologies for diagnosing um, what our patients have presented with. So what, then, is a climate-friendly hospital that I keep on talking about? There's no specific um, definition of um, a climate-friendly hospital, but I did take on board what Carlina and Gunther put up and said that um, green and healthy hospitals, which is what a climate-friendly hospital is, is one that promotes public health by continuously reducing its environmental impact and ultimately eliminating its contribution to the burden of disease. It recognizes the connection between human health and the environment and demonstrates that um, understanding through its governance strategy and, of course, operations. So I thought, well, that's a fair definition of a global green and healthy hospital or one as a climate-friendly hospital, as I call them. But I really needed to resonate with something that I could reflect back on. 
So my own definition is that a climate-friendly hospital is a complex, sustainable development in healthcare that aims to create a healing uh, setting for both internal and external environments through mitigation strategies such as the seven key elements identified by the World Health Organization and Healthcare Without Harms framework. So what are these seven key elements then? So in 2009, the World Health Organization and Healthcare Without Harm decided that most of our practices were not sustainable for human and environmental health. And so they set about thinking about a framework that when put together could actually um, aid our hospitals worldwide in becoming more environmentally sustainable. So they looked at a few key elements and came up with seven really important ones, which was energy efficiency, green building designs, alternative energy generation, transportation, waste and water, uh, food waste and water. So the World Health Organization, Healthcare Without Harm said, okay, so we need some drivers of these. And nurses um, became one of the top, um, I suppose, they, they needed somebody that could be a ground level. And so they decided that nurses being the largest number that work in hospitals are the best drivers. So the ways in which we can action this is to conserve energy. Um, I don't expect us to go around building hospitals, but, um, but building hospitals that are conducive to local climate conditions. And to encourage our staff to use public transport um, more than cars. But if we are using cars, then to actually um, you know, car share with somebody. Uh, they've asked us to try and cycle to work where possible, where we know that um, that can be quite impossible within Australia, but there are some hospitals that are implementing that and are giving economic incentives as well to do that. They want us to think when we're, um, if we're involved in procurement, for instance, to purchase local food as opposed to um, within a about a hundred kilometers radius as opposed to uh, purchasing food that is going to be you know greater than a hundred kilometers away or a hundred and fifty kilometers away and they want us to be really proactive in our reduce reuse recycle and especially composting where we can as well and to uh, preserve our precious um, commodity, which is conserving water. So then the inclusion criteria that I used then, back in 2011, when I first commenced the study, there were 1,340 hospitals to scope. 752 of those were public and 588 were private. Now, I had extreme issues, as you can imagine, back in 2011, of trying to um, speak with somebody at hospitals, especially on the switchboard, of um, who can direct me, please, to an environmental coordinator, um, or who could direct me to any nursing managers that could put me in touch with somebody that knows something about recycling. 
and they thought, whoa, what is this woman talking about? So you can imagine with 1,340 hospitals, this was a difficult and time-consuming exercise because I, kept, I was put from one person to another to another. And in the end, I would speak to about at least three or four different people for one hospital. So then my supervisors pulled me in and said, hey, we're never going to finish this and decided that um, I was to scope 27 hospitals. Now that was no magic number by means because I was to try and get as many states involved as possible. And the 27 would allow me sufficient invitations to be sent out to prospective RN participants. Now, you can think back in 2011 how slow the transition was from being a traditional hospital to one that used a lot of um, water, uh, produced a lot of waste, and used a lot of energy. So I wasn't expecting great things, so I would accept participants that would be working in an environmentally friendly hospital that was um, implementing just one key element. So then the inclusion criteria then of the participants, it was suggested by the principal supervisor to predominantly focus on registered nurses um, due to having a greater scope of practice, plus the registration numbers were greater. And if we look back at um, March 2017, it actually shows that there are 280,493 RNs opposed to 62,085 um, ENs registered to practice. However, the research benefits all nurses. So the participants then had to be working within a climate-friendly environment for at least nine months. Again, not a magic number here. It may be coming from my um, role as a midwife. I don't know. So anyway, the nine months was going to ensure that the participants had a reflective understanding of the environment in which they were working. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been able to get answers to my questions. So the recruitment numbers, it ended up being 10 participants from seven hospitals from three states. Even though there were more states involved in, um, in actually participating by putting out flyers, by encouraging nurses to participate, to answer any questions that I could on environmental sustainability and what they were doing in the hospitals. So I felt a little bit sad about that, but being a, um, a qualitative study, I could have done it with just one participant, but I was hoping for more. They did, however, come from a wide range of clinical areas, which I was glad. I mean, they came from ATOD, SCABU, mental health, neonatal and adult ICU, um, birth suite recovery, and, of course, ED. So, actually, moving on now from part one, then, and the basic nuts and bolts of that, um, I'm going to move on to, actually, part two, to hopefully demystify why we as nurses then don't readily embrace the significance of an environmental sustainability within our nursing practice. 
Okay, so what really surprised me that there was one specific factor that resonated with every single participant that I, um, that I sat down and interviewed. And that was that the, their identity, their identity as a nurse was paramount to them. They couldn't see anything else. I'm a nurse, I'm here for the care of the patient. So identity is really important to us then because by knowing who we are, we can actually identify ourselves within various social structures. For instance, we make our choices in life. We have various um, values and beliefs. Our appearance provides us with a form of identity, as does our ethnicity as well. The practices and the habits that we possess. Our work as nurses, our hobbies we like to partake in, and our families and friends interests and objects, you can see it all around in the identity um, figure there, and possessions we own all belong to the life that we create for ourselves. They all provide us with that all-important identity. For example, we're all here today because we can resonate with how environmental sustainability and global climate change are actually important to us because it does affect our nursing practice. So I want you to do a little exercise. This is where you get a chance to um, give me some input. How many of you, I, I would really like you to take just a minute and talk amongst yourselves, I don't mind that, but think of your daily practice. When you go into the ward, what are the unit or department, think about what you actually do. What is it that you can resonate with any of those seven key elements that I mentioned before? I'll just give you a minute because then I'm gonna ask you some questions. So going on quickly. Who can relate to more computers being included into their nursing practice today than years ago. Okay. How many of you can resonate with um, recycling in your wards or departments? Change, have you changed your hand washing techniques? Instead of going to the sink, is there something else that you do? The pumps with the gel? Yeah. Okay. How many of you then, on nights, walk past an empty room with a light left on and just ignore that? Who's, who actually goes in and turns off that light? Oh, you're so good. <laughs> Excellent. That's what I like to see. So can you see that um, by doing that, then we are actually expanding our role from a nurse to an environmental steward. Can you see that happening? Okay. Well, see if you can resonate. The next few slides I'm going to give you are some quotes from the participants that I interviewed and see if you can resonate with any of those things that they are saying. All right, we look at Sarah. Sarah said, well, to be honest, it's not something that I really thought about. 
So I thought, well, how can you come here and want to be interviewed, saying that you work in an environmentally friendly hospital, but you're not sure that, you know, what it's all about. But she did notice that there was a change in practice for her. And that was the main thing that drove her to participate. But she said, climate-friendly hospitals, wow, I've, I've never even begun to think about our organization as being such. Brenda, she didn't realize half the things, and these are all pseudonyms they, to protect the identity of the participants, didn't realize that half the things that she was doing was aiming towards a climate-friendly initiative either. Laura said that but she hadn't really got a lot of things in place in her particular unit, and she felt like it still needed a lot of prompting by individuals within the unit to actually carry out um, environmental sustainable actions. And she asked me if that made sense to me, and I said, yes, it actually does. So Helen said that she hadn't heard anything. She wasn't really sure about what was going on either. So going back to Sarah saying that um, she hadn't heard anything or anything, there probably needs to be a little bit more education surrounding environmental sustainability for her. Or really just making people aware about what's going on within their organization, something that should be done right throughout the hospital, she thought. Well, Stephanie was quite proactive, especially in the recycling area, because she did it at home. So if you do it at home, you can do it at work. So she could resonate with that, you know? Okay. And then we have Laura. When I was at home, remember she said that she didn't have a lot of things in place in her unit. She said that when she was at home, she um, was very aware of how to recycle and what went in what receptacle. However, when she was in the organization, she felt that the organization wasn't going to be as proactive as what she was at home. So using computers then, they came in um, as well um, into the conversation. And there was one participant, um, Jane, that said that actually she felt that the computers were taken over um, that sort of relationship that she had with her participant, um, not participant, sorry, her client, because being um, in front of the computer, she felt compelled to write her notes down as she was going along. So that actual eye contact with the, with the um, client was being lost. So then, um, it's like what Anne said, it's like with care, you know, all gets put onto a computer. And even when I sit down and talk to a client, maybe for an hour session, but in that hour session, it's all going to be placed onto a computer again. Um, then came along Hannah. Hannah was a young, vibrant, um, RN that had been working in this um, environment for 18 months and a new fresh grad as we call them and quite tech savvy so she loved computers and as you can see it's convenient because you can bring up all your pathology results 
they weren't archaic, whereby they just slid up the um, x-rays underneath lights that so she could just access all this on the computer. So she absolutely enjoyed tech savvy. And she worked in ICU as well, so she, she really wanted machines. Christine then um, said most of our equipment is electronically powered and if they weren't using them then they would, um, I don't think they would turn them off. The computers they used to turn off but not the machines, they were just power down. So. And Helen, when she said that she hadn't heard and she wasn't sure about what was going on in a few slides back, she then turned around and said, well, okay, we currently implement and recycle bins in all areas. So that was a little bit of a, first of all, she didn't know anything, and now she's saying that we are, you know, doing something. We are changing our practice. However, we are trying to work out what can and cannot be recycled, which I thought was, again, a little bit sad. Where is the organization? Where is the help that they needed? And Linda, she looked at climate-friendly hospitals in general, and she turned around and said, well, with respect to climate-friendly hospitals, because they're the biggest users of resources, she found that um, they were a great incentive to have started. So this brings me to the findings then of the um, study. And you can see that I had three main themes there. The first theme was awareness of self within the social environment of a climate-friendly hospital. The second theme was practice and the challenge of existence within two life world qualities. Remember those identities, the qualities of a nurse and the qualities of an environmental steward. And then theme three, the need to belong encompassing a collective ownership of a climate-friendly hospital. So when we go back to theme one, we can see that it's been informed by, was it four sub-themes there? The first of the, first of the sub-themes was a deficiency of knowledge. They just didn't understand the significance of a climate-friendly hospital. That, in its own right, turned to a culture of blame whereby the organization was blamed for not providing them with the correct information. And then because of that efficiency, I got questioned by them as well by saying, well, who do we turn to? What can we do? And some had this knowledge of bringing the transferring recycling and I use recycling because we can all resonate with recycling because that's the biggest thing that we do, I think, in our organizations. So even bringing, transferring from home to the organization, what was happening was there was a bit of um, frustration happening because actually um, they didn't believe, like one participant, that they were, the organization was as proactive as what they were. And even when they tried to put things in place, you know, it was a little bit difficult for them. So on to theme two then, practice and the challenge of existence. So the motivation for practice within a climate-friendly hospital is the care of the patient. It's not care for the environment. Why? Because we don't know enough about it. They 
said that now they had to cope with notes being put on the computer, medications on computers, everything nearly goes on computers. One participant said to me, she said, you know, with all these computers, and years ago we used to just jot down notes in the patient, on paper, put them into the patient's notes, easy to do, flick through them, we could find out where we were. Now we've got to learn um, new programs which can take a time and we then end up somewhere else rather than what we want to be. And she said, you know, has anybody ever done a study on what it's like, how much it costs for a computer to run as opposed to um, using paper? And I said, actually, that's a good question because no, I haven't seen um, any studies done on that. That's a study for you. <laughs> um, and then they began to talk about the handover notes. You know, at the end, um, when we go onto the ward and we do our scraps of paper, some of us still do our handover notes, stick them in our pockets and then pull them out. Oh, yeah, bed phone needs medications, that's such and such. Okay. So, we still use our scraps of paper. But one participant turned around and said to me, you know, it gets really difficult when in our unit we've got a small recycling um, bin and then we have this huge recycling box further down um, in, in the ward. And so um, what they have to do is when that recycling bin becomes full, then they have to actually go and empty it themselves and put it into the recycling box. They didn't see that as a nursing duty. That was a non-nursing duty to them. And they got really um, shirty because why should they go and empty a box when they've got more pressing duties as a nurse to do? So what happened at the end of the shift? You got a busy shift. You've got the recycling bin there that's full, and you've got to empty it. So what happens to those handover notes? They get stuffed in the pockets. So some participants said that the colleagues actually took them home with them, whereas you... Years ago, traditionally, we would have scrunched them up and put them in the waste bin and walked out the door. They were going into um, colleagues' pockets. They were actually being left on the nurse's station where anybody could, if there was nobody at the nurse's station, then they could actually um, see what um, was going on in room one, room two, or whatever. So then they began to think, well, this is going to be compromised. And an incident did happen up in Rockhampton, whereby uh, they were actually emptying um, a recycling box and some of the papers got, um, well, blown out onto the street. And um, that, they felt, was not acceptable, of course. So then theme three, the need to belong. Well, language is important to us, and the way that we, it was used in this study was it gave the participants a voice with which to express their individual experiences. It gave them a different way to connect with their organization by actually using the pronoun we. And you just think how many times we use the pronoun we, yeah? It connects them to their organization. 
And um, as nurses, we regularly use we because even though we work autonomously, we work as part of a team, yeah? So it meant that they could do more collectively oriented um, actions because language actually connects us to people and to the place. And therefore, we can focus on others, such as our patients, rather than on ourselves. And also the words climate-friendly, uh, well, climate-friendly hospital was quite alien to them, which brought about a challenge in itself. There we are. If we look at identity equals value and significance, for instance, we can actually see that this slide shows that as nurses, patient-centered care is important to us in our nursing practice within the social construct of a traditional hospital. And it's those qualities that give us the identity of a nurse. But if we were to incorporate environmental health along with environmentally sustainable practices, within a hospital that is mitigating its carbon footprint and being a climate-friendly hospital, then we can see that this is giving us an identity of an environmental steward. But because we lack that all um, to well knowledge about what climate-friendly hospitals are and what it means to us as a nurse, then the best that we can hope for is to carry on doing our nursing duties, but to also consider, be more conscious of um, environmental sustainable developments that we can implement as well into our nursing practice. So by doing person-centered care together with environmental health, within nursing practice and together with our environmental practice that we're going to incorporate, within a traditional hospital that is now beginning to transfer over to an environmentally sustainable um, organization or a climate-friendly hospital, then we can see that all identity is, is now beginning to transform. You have the nurse slash um, environmental steward. It's funny, really, because when you... Um, take into consideration, for instance, you have a nurse slash nurse unit manager. You have a nurse slash clinical nurse consultant. So now we're asking for a nurse slash environmental steward. Doesn't that seem a little bit at the other end of the spectrum from us? Because maybe because it doesn't have the word nurse in it, that we are finding it a little bit difficult as well to accept. So anyway, for us to be able to achieve that last one, then we need to iron out some of the issues that have materialized through the analysis. So for theme one then, it was actually a lack of education. So the participants asked, well, why can't we have regular in-services that could be tailored specifically to our ward unit or department? Because we all know that OR will run differently as opposed to birth suite, to ICU, to mental health. We all know that our units and departments are specific to ourselves. And so for somebody with, oh, is that five minutes or something, Yep. Yeah. Okay, so for that to happen, 
then what we need to do is to find somebody that is um, quite savvy with environmentally sustainable developments and to go into train somebody within that specific unit and then we can actually bring that forward and look at the whole unit, understand about environment and understand what the nurses are all about. Transference of environmentally sustainable skills, we need to encourage that more. And because we have some clear and concise policies within nursing, then I think we, believe, we really believe that we should have some clear and concise policies within environmental sustainability within nursing. And nurses should be encouraged to, um, with policy making, because that is going to um, bring the whole lot together. Um, issues for um, number two then was that participants were challenged to assimilate a value and significance regarding the role of an environmental steward. And like we've said, education for environmentally sus uh, sustainability to be incorporated into undergrad and postgrad um, nursing and midwifery education. Now this is being done in places like um, the United States, UK, and parts of Europe. And actually, there is one uh, university here in Australia, and that's Monash University, that is actually implementing environmental sustainability into its undergraduate nursing um, courses. And she's using the Nurses Toolkit that was um, devised by Plymouth University in the UK. Um, and then innovative ideas. Let's not shoot them down, let's be proactive and let's get them um, working towards that. So, is that three? And last, the theme three, there was no sense of belonging to the climate-friendly hospital. Why? Because they didn't actually see anything being put up within their hospital, such as posters to tell them, this is where we are. We are now working towards becoming more environmentally friendly. This is what we aim to achieve. And we can do this with your support by implementing energy efficiency, switching, switching off those lights and things like that. But because they saw nothing um, to alert them of this, then of course they didn't um, feel the connection to a traditional hospital as a nurse, yes. From a climate-friendly hospital, it's still at the other end of the spectrum. So to do that, a cohesive environment is needed. So I hope you enjoyed the insight into how nursing practice is changing worldwide due to global climate change and that it's provided us with some knowledge of where environmental sustainability sits within nursing practice. Thanks.